Hey everyone, welcome to the Canine Culture Podcast, where we talk about everything dog. Q and A's with veterinarian professionals, rescue operators, everyday topics. We cover everything dog on this podcast. So make sure you subscribe to the Canine Culture Podcast on your favorite podcast platform, and make sure you're following us on social media on both Instagram and Facebook. Thanks again for listening. Now here's that next episode. Welcome everyone to the Canine Culture Podcast. This is your host, Brittany, and today we have a special guest named Kelly. She is the founder of Fur Sisters here in Jacksonville, Florida. So welcome to the show, Kelly. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. So my name is Kelly Crable, and I founded Fur Sisters Forever Yours Rescue. Uh, We are a nonprofit dog rescue group, and I founded this rescue almost seven years ago. April will be seven years. Um, and yeah, we take in dogs from overcrowded shelters. Most of the time they come from the rural counties, uh, that surround the outside of Jacksonville because they're the most, uh, underfunded, understaffed, very small. They don't get a lot of, uh, general public traffic coming through to adopt. So we take them out, put them in foster homes and get them the vet care they need until they're adopted. So tell us kind of why you started the rescue. You know, what made you get it started? Um, I mean, all my dogs have always been rescues. Uh, and when my dog Sophie passed away, I was down to one dog, Riley, and he was not doing well as an only dog. So I decided to start looking for another dog, uh, playmate for him. And I came across a picture of a dog, um, that was sitting out in Putnam County shelter Mm -hmm. and another rescue had posted it. And, um, So I kind of did some research and trying to find out where he was at and a little bit about him. And when I made a phone call, they told me that he was going to be gone at four o'clock. And I, you know, ignorantly was like, well, where is he going? You know, I'll go get him there. And they were (laughs) like, no, he's going to be euthanized. And I was like, oh, no. So I literally like got in my car. I called my mom. I was like, do you want to take a trip to Putnam County? I'm going to get a dog. And she's like, okay. I called my husband. I'm like, I'm going to get a dog. It was just something about his eyes and his face that Mm -hmm. really just drew me in. And for some reason, I just knew it in my gut. I needed to go get him. Mm -hmm. Um, So I drove, you know, a little over an hour from here to go get him. Um, And when I got there, I really, I had never been to a rural county shelter before. Mm -hmm. And it really, it hurt my heart because it was down at the end of a dirt road next to the county landfill. Like nobody is going down there to see these dogs. And just they're overcrowded and it's, you know, they're most of them, it's kind of, it's indoor, outdoor, but it's mostly outdoor. So, I mean, they're in the elements and, yeah. you know, I mean, they have shelter, but it's not the greatest. And just when I found out like how many dogs get euthanized in these shelters, just because nobody knows they're there, mm-hmm. um, it just struck something in me. And I mean, like I got him, but I cried the whole way home thinking about all the other dogs <laughs> that weren't as lucky as him, you know? Right. So... I just kind of started doing it just by finding the pictures of them, posting them on social media. And I'm like every friend, I'm like, you need a dog. You need a dog. Everybody <laughs> needs a dog, you know, and eventually started getting people to foster. And I don't know, I was volunteering with, you know, a couple other rescues helping here and there. And I decided just to start my own and just go with it. That's awesome. Uh, and I think, I mean, I think I can speak for most people in Jacksonville. You guys are a very well-known rescue. I mean, Thank so many you, people, yeah. they know what you do. They appreciate and respect what you do. Mm-hmm. So you've done a really good job. That one dog changed so many other dogs' so lives. So many. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, 
I've always been that person. Like, if I'm going to do something, I just do it all the way. There's right. no halfway with me. Um, so if, if I'm going to try and save dogs, I'm going to try and save as many as I possibly can. And mm-hmm. in order to do that, you need to have the public be aware of you and what you're doing. Right. Um, and we've been really lucky to be able to partner with some great um, people in the community that help us out as well to spread the word. Um, you know, we're at Brewhound every week. Um, you know, we're there on Fridays. We do special events there. Um, we also have had some, you know, really great people with the community that have adopted. So they spread the word as well. You know, a couple mm-hmm. Jag players here and there that helps a lot, you know, they <laughs> yeah. post on their social media, but, um, you know, we're on river city live every other week, you know, getting the word out and educating people about who we are and what we do and that how many dogs need homes is, is my biggest thing, you know, getting the mm-hmm. word out. Right. Yeah. So tell us what it's like running a rescue, like day-to-day operations. And I know no day is the same as the other, but no. kind of just a, a brief look into like, what does your day look like? Um, crazy most of the time <laughs> because I do work as well. Like this is not my job job. Um, it's my passion. So uh, I'm a hairstylist and I have my own business. So my schedule is a little flexible, but um, so like in between clients, I'm on my phone trying to figure out getting dogs from the shelter and where they're going to go to foster. And, you know, I'm very lucky to have um, five wonderful women that help me, um, my quote unquote first sisters. Um, (laughs) They also have full-time jobs. So it's, you know, we're constantly texting back and forth in our group message of like, okay, did you see that application come in? Who's grabbing that one? You know, we have somebody do background checks and make phone calls and we do vet reference checks. Um, We have people send videos of their homes once their application is approved. Um, it's a lot, you know, and then I get texts from shelters, you know, we're full, we need this dog, this dog, this dog, you know, like even today I was at work and Clay County shelters texting me about this pregnant dog and it's very hectic. I can tell you that, but it's worth it. You know, it's a lot of work. Um, and then planning events and, you know, there's just all the things. Fundraising is a big thing. Like I'm Mm -hmm. constantly like trying to figure out ways to to raise more money to help dogs and figure right. out how to pay the vet bills. And it's, yeah. it's very stressful, you know, but <laughs> we have the website and I could go on and on. There's a lot that goes into it day right. to day. There really is. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people, um, think about that, you mm-hmm. know, uh, as someone who wants to start a rescue, I see more and more into that day to day and what goes into it. And it's a lot of work, especially oh, yeah. if you have a, a, a full-time job, which right. rescue work doesn't pay. You have no. to have a full-time job. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, okay. So you mentioned fosters and it sounds mm-hmm. like fosters are key for you guys. So yeah. tell us a little bit about how you find a foster and what, and if you are a foster parent for these dogs, what does that look like as far as like time commitment and uh, monetary commitment? Um, It costs you nothing. We take care of all vet care. We supply everything you need, um, you know, with that being kennels, uh, dog beds, collar, leash. Uh, We also have food delivered right to the foster's home. We're really lucky to have Pet Wants, um, which is a local uh, dog food company here in Jacksonville. It's called Pet Wants Jack's Beach. And they donate all of the dog food to all of our fosters and they are actually deliver it. So we just, you just have to let us know when you're ready for food and we put the order in and it gets delivered. Um, so that's amazing and very helpful for us as well. Um, and you really just have to open up your heart and your home to give this dog a place to land until we find the forever home. And that could take 
a week, it could take a month or longer. I mean, we have some dogs that are just sitting, great dogs mm-hmm. that are just sitting for months, you know, in foster homes, just because right now it's overwhelming. Every shelter is full. Mm-hmm. Every rescue is full. Right. There's so many dogs right now that need homes that it's it's a little overwhelming at this time, but we do our best and we do have a good adoption rate. I mean, we, you know look at the numbers and we're getting you know anywhere from 10 to 20 dogs adopted a month which is huge for a small rescue yeah um but you know we just need people to help us out a little bit more with the fostering because we don't have a shelter we do not Mm -hmm. have a facility where we keep dogs for numerous reasons and one of them being that i feel like Dogs do better in a home environment yeah. outside of a shelter environment. You get to know their personalities better. Mm-hmm. That way we know, are they good with cats? Are they good with other dogs? Are they right. good with kids? You know, are they, do they like their crate? Do they not like their crate? Are they good on a leash? Like all these things you figure out once they're in a home and decompressed and you start learning more about their personality and that way it's easier to place them in an adoptive home. Mm-hmm. So. Can people apply right now to be fosters through your website? Absolutely, yes. You can find our foster application on our website, which is firstsisters.org, and we'll process the application, and someone should be in touch with you within several days. Um, Again, we're all volunteers, so we try and get through them as soon as we can, Mm -hmm. um, especially the fostering ones, because that's the only way we can get more dogs out of the shelters is with foster homes. Okay. because, you know, we, we do, we can use boarding every once in a while. We don't like to because one, that costs the rescue money and two, it's just better for a dog to be in a home. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, you know, we'll go through the whole process of the application to make sure it's a dog that would be a good fit for your home as mm-hmm. a foster as well. If it doesn't work out, we'll move them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that being said, we also need like temporary fosters like we have right right now during the holidays some of our fosters are going out of town mm-hmm. and boarding is full and yeah. you know it's really hard to get boarding around the holidays so we had a couple of dogs that needed a temporary foster just for the holidays while their regular foster is out of town so that's very helpful too so if you can just do something for a week mm-hmm. or a weekend or a couple of days here and there to keep them out of boarding that's also helpful okay All right, so if you're in Jacksonville, Florida, make sure you go to their website and apply if you have the ability and want to open your heart. Um, So let's talk about adopting. So I think that some people have a very skewed view of like what the adoption process looks like from a rescue, but I think it's because some people just don't understand it, you know? So for you guys, what does that process look like? So we have a process in place for the reason we do it the way we do it is because we get these dogs from a situation that most of the time is not a great situation. Mm -hmm. They ended up in a shelter for a reason and then they're stressed out in the shelter. So we want to make sure that we get them into a good home that's going to be a good fit so they don't get moved around. Um, So we are very thorough with that. Um, You know, you submit the application, we review it, we do the background check, we have phone screenings with the adopt the you know the application and then we also ask for a home video if you're approved we have multiple conversations with you would you meet, meet and greets with the dog make sure that you know the dog is what you think it is mm-hmm. and then we also do trial sleepovers um that'll give you up to a week to have the dog in your home to make sure it's going to be a good fit sometimes longer because some dogs take longer to decompress into a new environment and show their true personality mm-hmm. so we like to make sure that everybody has time to see if it's going to be a good fit or not yeah yeah so you talked about the um a dog decompressing and we both know that could be 
a couple days. It could be a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. I can say from my experience, maybe even a, a couple months. So yeah. what kind of advice do you have for people with respect to letting a dog decompress and settle in? And where do you think that timing normally falls? Um, you know, the biggest thing is just please be patient with them. Um, they're in a new place with new people that they don't know. They're confused. They've moved around quite a few times, I'm sure, between foster, between the shelter and fostering and maybe boarding. So, you know, the first couple of days, some dogs may be very, very anxious. Mm-hmm. You know, you just need to, like, give them some space, let them decompress, figure out who you are, where they're at. That could take, you know, two to three days to a week. I would say three weeks to completely like figure out, okay, I'm here now. Mm -hmm. This is, this is my new place. Um, and then it could take up to three months for them to completely feel like they're at home and show you like, okay, this is good. I'm fine now. Right. Um, but every dog is different. Everybody, you know, we all have different personalities and so do dogs. Mm -hmm. So it's not just one size fits all with these dogs. You know, they have personalities too and they have needs and different different things that are going to trigger them or make them feel safe, you know, vice versa. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, every dog is different. And I just, please have patience with them. Give them the time that they need. Yeah. I think, you know, there's some movies or TV shows and they, they bring the dog home and it goes to sleep and it wakes up so happy. And it's like, well, that's, that's TV. That's not reality. It's not. And some dogs, you know, will adjust quicker than others, you know? Right. Some dogs are going to be like, oh, okay, this is, this is cool. This is fun. This is where I'm at now, you know? But for the most part, most dogs do take at least a week or two to really settle in to where they're, to where they're at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So along with settling in, so socializing your dog, making introductions to other people, other animals in the house, do you guys make any suggestions about that? I mean, we, we obviously know that socializing is important and maybe we could even speak to this. Some people think of socializing as like the dog met me and my husband that's good. And, and right. that's not quite it. So right. Do you guys normally give some kind of advice with respect to socializing or tips for that? Yeah, we, I mean, we try and be as helpful as we can with um, fosters and adopters. I mean, we work with some great trainers in the area that we can always, you know, suggest you speak with if you need it. But I think the most important thing is, again, giving the dog time to settle Mm -hmm. before you introduce everybody. Like, don't have a family reunion the weekend that you bring a new dog home, you know, like let them get to know you first. Then have people come over. If the dog doesn't want to interact, don't force it, you know, like have the kennel open so they have a safe space to go into, you know, just keep them on a leash if you think that they feel better that way until they get used to new people, you know, and especially if you have new people coming in and a new dog in your home, like don't just open the door because the dog might bolt, you know, Mm -hmm. like keep the dog on the leash, everybody's in, have a seat, let them get used to each other um, and just give them the space that they need. Um, introducing children, same, like make sure the children are calm, you know, Mm -hmm. don't let kids run up and like grab the dog around the neck and try and kiss it on the face. Because again, this dog doesn't know these kids. Mm -hmm. They might not be used to that kind of environment. And you know, you don't want anybody getting hurt and it's not going to be the dog's fault because it wasn't introduced properly to a child. I mean, the dog might be scared, you know, and Mm -hmm. you have to think about this dog doesn't, know all these people and Mm -hmm. kind of give them some space and let them figure it out on their own very calmly. Um, and you know, you always use baby gates and kennels are great, Mm -hmm. you know, that way they have that separation. They know, okay, this is my space, right? I'm safe here and I can still see what's going on 
in the house, but I don't have to be directly involved. And that's okay. Kennels mm-hmm. are great. Like, I know some people don't like using them, but that's a safe space, a safe space for the dog, right. you know? And I think that they need that. Um, and introducing other dogs. I mean, that's, you know, every dog is different again. Like some mm-hmm. dogs are going to just be happy, go lucky, like, Oh, a new friend. Mm-hmm. Other dogs might take a couple of days again, leash walking together, crate, you know, rotating the dogs, taking them for walks together, let them get used to each other slowly. You know, you don't just throw them in there and expect everybody to be, you know, happy, go lucky right off the bat because it can take a couple of days for them to get used to each other as well especially Mm -hmm. with the resident dog with a new dog coming in you know you have to think about how that dog feels too so giving space and properly introducing with just slow introductions you know it doesn't need to happen overnight Mm -hmm. i think is a really good start you Mm -hmm. know yeah So let's talk about some of the needs that the rescue has right now. So obviously fosters. So anyone and everyone that can foster, obviously you need that. Yes. Are there other needs that the rescue has right now? Uh, Fundraising is a big thing because we take in so many dogs and a lot of the dogs that we take in, unfortunately, are heartworm positive. So heartworm treatments are a big expense for the rescue. Um, You know, that can cost anywhere from $600 to $1,000 per dog. And... It's hard to keep up with the amount of dogs and the amount of vet bills that we have. Right. I mean, vaccinations, spay and neuters, microchips, I mean, all that. And then when you adopt from us, that's all done already. Mm -hmm. But that adoption fee doesn't even cover what it costs us. Even though we do get a rescue discount, it's not free. We're not getting vet care for free. And I think some people don't understand that either they think oh you know that didn't cost you anything oh no it cost us way more than that adoption fee did um and you know surgeries we've gotten dogs that needed you know life-saving surgeries Mm -hmm. that are very expensive um lots of things and it's just it adds up really quick i mean we pay out anywhere from two to three thousand dollars a week in vet bills oh i believe it yeah yeah it's crazy so Fundraising is huge. Um, you know, any donations are appreciated. Even if you, you know, have like, um, a, if you work for a company that does matching donations, you know, think about us, have their company match it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can maybe set up some sort of fundraiser on your social media for us, you mm-hmm. know, attach it to, to our rescue. There's lots of ways you can do it. We've had kids, you know, do cute little lemonade stands and raise money. Like it all adds up. I promise you. Cause people are like, Oh, I don't have that much. I'm like, it all adds up. Right. I totally, totally promise you it does. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean it, the monetary donations are huge to keep a rescue going. Do you guys have any, um, events or fundraisers coming up soon? And I know you said, so you're at Brewhound. Um, how often? So we're there most every Friday. Um, if we have dogs that are available, if their fosters are available to bring them, we're there from on Fridays from 6 to 8 every Friday. Okay. So we're usually there. Um, and we also have some fundraisers coming up there as well. We do a lot there, but we're doing Santa photos right now. Mm-hmm. So you can bring your dog, your kids, the whole family, put on the matching outfits and get your Christmas cards made. Um, but we're doing those for a $20 donation to the rescue. And we have a great Santa and we are there this Saturday from 11 to four. And then we have three more dates in December that will be there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a really great like photo booth uh, app that we're using this year. So you get your pictures, you can well airdrop it, text it, email it to you right then before you leave. Um, you can also make like a fun gift. We've had a lot of fun with that. We've done it a couple times already and we've had a great turnout. 
We also have um, our annual chili cook-off coming up in January. Okay. Uh, I think that's the 15th we have scheduled at Brewhound, um, okay. which is a great turnout. We have so much fun at that. Uh, it's a $10 donation to First Sisters. You get a wristband. You get to try all the chilies and vote on them. And it's a, it's a really good time. So we have those. And we also are at Deck the Chairs. Now, that's not necessarily a fundraiser, but... It is such a fun community event um, mm-hmm. out here at the, in Jacksonville Beach. So we this is our fifth year having a chair out there. So we decorated it. And again, it's just a really great way to get in front of a lot of people to try and right. bring awareness about who we are and what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if you're out at Deck the Chairs, stop by. And if you're there on the weekends and, they're vo- and you can still vote, you can vote for First Sisters. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. I forgot that you guys had that chair yeah. down there until you just said that. Yeah. Um, do you know the dates for um, the photos at Brewhound in December? I know we are there the 3rd and the 11th, and I believe we're adding the third date is going to be the 17th. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, last question is where can people find you? So I know you said your website earlier, but drop your website. And then also where can people find you on social media? So our website is firstsisters.org, and you can follow us on Instagram at firstsistersjackspeech, and you can also find us on Facebook. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the episode today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in to the Canine Culture Podcast. Please make sure you subscribe to the Canine Culture Podcast on your favorite podcast platform, and make sure you're following us on social media. If you have any recommendations, any topics that you'd like to hear, you know of any guests that would be good for the show or if you yourself want to be a guest please reach out to us send us an email at canineculturepodcast at gmail.com or send us a direct message on social media thank you for listening and please share this with any of your dog loving friends